if you have fallen in the area of words, if you know you've offended people, if you know you've let people down, if you, you know, know that you gossip, all of those things, if you have fallen, a righteous man falls. But a righteous man also rises again. So this is your day to rise again. Rise, rise. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Guys, it's your girl Autumn Miles. Welcome back to another super exciting show, the Autumn Miles Show. Here we go. I am very convicted yet excited, excitedly convicted. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> but um, I am excited to share what I'm going to share today. We are going to be talking all about your words, your words. Last week we talked about God's words. This week, we are going to talk about your words. It's important. Don't log off because no one wants to be convicted about what they say ever. But it's important just to remember um, some of these truths that we're going to bring out after the break. I think think it's going to be one of those sharpening iron messages (laughs) that hopefully you'll love. If you're into that, you're into that, okay? Um, So that's coming up after the break. So I'm so excited to announce that we actually have a winner to the the Gangster Prayer book giveaway that I have talked about. Our winner, her name is Jen Frazier. I hope, I hope I'm saying that name right, Jen Frazier. She listens every Tuesday from work. Jen, we love you so, 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 so much. And all of you out there that listen on a weekly basis, you you are the reason why we do this. I'm I'm in a new project, and I was writing uh, this morning, and um, I just told Cassie as we were kind of downloading about the day. I said, you know, hearing stories like this, we're talking about somebody else, but hearing people that are faithful to listen, that that are constantly engaged, that glean from what God gives us to say, makes moments like I was having this morning writing, which was the challenge. So incredibly worth it because ministry is not easy. So Jen, thank you so much. Know that we put so much into what we do. This is not like me turning on a microphone. Like there's very, a lot of very smart, educated with lots of experienced people involved in what we're doing. So Jen, Thank you from the bottom of our heart for listening, and thank you for sharing a story with us. We just love you so, so much here at the Autumn Miles Show. We all do. So email hello at Autumn Miles because I know you're listening, <laughs> and so we can we can get your information. We can send that book out to you. We love you guys so, so much. Okay, so what's happening in my life? Here we go. School is upon us, guys. It is coming like God's vengeance. It is coming straight for the Miles household. The text messages from the school have already started. The practices have started. The um, ordering shirts and and football gear and the all the things have started. The conditioning for uh, sports has started. We've gotten all of them physicals because you have to have physical to play sports. And so um, it has all begun. It has all begun. One of my favorite slash worst times of the year <laughs> because I have four kids. Like there is so much to do when we are sort of entering. It's almost like it's a haze right now, but we're coming right up on it here in the next few weeks. Um, and one of those things that we do and I try to do early is school shopping, school clothes shopping. Okay. Every one of our kids gets a new backpack every year. I don't know why that's a thing, but it, I started it with Grace. And um, when she was in kindergarten and now she's a junior in high school and she has gotten a backpack every year of her of her <laughs> school existence. And, and then we like multiplied our kids. So everyone gets a new backpack. They all get a couple outfits of clothing to wear, new shoes, you know, the whole thing. Um, and we're in that season of life right now heading into school. 
this year, we've come upon a challenge that the last few years did not have. Now, Grace is very opinionated, but she's not like a high-maintenance person. So if I'm like, hey, do you like this? She typically likes it. And so she's pretty easy to shop for when it comes to clothes. Jude Miles is not. I don't dare buy anything for him unless he has looked at it, approved it, tried it on, seen every option. He is the worst person to buy for in my house, hands down, because he is so picky. A lot like someone I know, which would be me. This is what I did not account for this year in my world. I did not account for Moses and Haven also having extremely strong points of view about what they want to wear. In the last few years, I've been able to just kind of buy for them what I like for them or what I think they look cute in or whatever. Not anymore. They are like, they have what they want. Haven has wanted for a year now these shoes that I, I they, they probably, <laughs> I don't want to say that on air. Let's just say they're not my favorite option. She has wanted, you'll know them when I say them, these shoes um, called Heelys. Okay. I don't know if they she can have them in school or not. All I know is that she wants them with every fiber of her being. She has wanted them for a very long time. She has said, "This is what I want for my for one of my school shoes, mom. I want it. I want it. Mom, look it up." They think everything is on Amazon, so she'll be like, "Mom, did you check Amazon?" I'm like, "I don't even know if Amazon sells Heelys." But lo and behold, we were in the mall the other day, and she walked by a kid's shoe store, and what did her little eyes behold? An entire section of Heelys. The child, now she's my, my chill, my more chill, now she's, she's not more chill at home, but she's more reserved when we're out in public and stuff. Uh, this child started like squealing, squeaking, you know, praising God, raising a hallelujah. She was doing, she was doing everything. She was like, mom, these are the shoes. These are the shoes. We try on these shoes. I couldn't not buy them for my child. I had to purchase them because she's told me she wanted them for like a year. We bought the shoes. I said, these are for school. I don't even know if they're if you can wear them at school. I'm sure someone will tell me whether you can wear them at school or not. Probably not is what I'm thinking. But they do come with little things that you can take the wheels out of them. For those of you that don't know what Heelys is, they are shoes that come with wheels. So you can kind of skate across the floor. Anyway, you can transition them out and put a little piece of rubber uh, where the heel the wheel goes so that they are regular shoes. Anyway, we buy these shoes. I say they are for school and they are for school only. They have to wait to wear their stuff that we buy for school. She said, Mom, I have to practice. So I did let her practice in the house. She tries these heelys on. She puts them on. She realizes they're not as easy to skate in as she wanted them to be. She immediately, after seven minutes, hates the heelys, never wants to see them again. I'm wondering at this point why I even purchased them for her and they were in the box ready to go back until we learned that Cassie knew how to operate Heelys. And so Cassie gave her a little um, teaching session on how to operate Heelys and we're, we're back in love with the Heelys guys. I'm just saying anyway, back to school shopping with four strong opinions, five, if you include mine, you know, it's not great, but we're doing it over here. We're doing it. We're buying the Heelys. We're looking at the Jordan, the, you know, the, all the things that the kids are into. Um, we're doing it. So that is what's happening in my life. And um, if you're still listening to what I'm saying right now, <laughs> listen through the break because we're going to talk about words, your words, and what we need to do with your words and my words. I'll see you in just a sec. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. 
Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Okie dokie, guys. Back from the break. Here we go. We're talking about your words. I want you to listen to this whole message with just an open mind. Can we all just take our minds and just open them and just, you know, lean in and receive? (laughs) Because that's what I have to do when someone is talking to me about my words. Um, You know... I want to start off with this verse when it comes to your words. Uh, Proverbs 24, 16 says this, a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. A righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. A righteous man falls seven times and rises again. We're going to come back to this verse at the end of the message. But um, I just want, if you are someone that you just know is a a struggle with responses or um, what you say or how you say it, there is so much grace in the scripture for that. Now, you need to kind of steer the ship, which we'll be talking about in just a second. But if you have fallen in the area of words... If you know you've offended people, if you know you've let people down, if you, you know, know that you gossip, all of those things, if you have fallen, a righteous man falls, but a righteous man also rises again. So this is your day to rise again, (laughs) rise, rise, because we've really got to get a grip on our mouths um, in this uh, society that we find ourselves in. We got to get a grip, people, on what we say, on how we say it. This is one thing I want to talk about whenever we uh, are starting into the, I've got a lot of different scriptures today, but I want you to know, I absolutely detest the word influencer. I hate it. I just think it's like, I don't know. Okay, that's a tangent I'm not going into, but I hate it. Um, because it means a certain thing to us. Oh, you're an influencer. And I just think, you know what? Jesus Christ is the influencer. Um, we're the ones that should be following him. Anyway, I don't like that. But I will, in this context, use that word. When it comes to our words, you are an influencer. Everyone in your sphere of influence, you influence. So many people will think, oh, well, I only have, you know, 53 followers on Facebook or on, you know, TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or whatever it is that you're on. I only have a couple of followers. I only have 500. I only have 200. I only have my family that I talk to. I don't have many friends. I may have one or two friends. I only speak freely to my children. If you find yourself saying that, then you have believed a lie that you do not influence. And I'm telling you right now, if you speak ever, Even if it's to the barista, even if it's to your nail tech, even if it's to the woman who cut your hair, the man who cut your hair, you influence by way of your words every single time you speak. Most people don't hold full conversations with themselves, but I can tell you what. 
any conversation that you have ever had with somebody else, you in that moment, if you are speaking, you are an influencer. The enemy wants us to say like, no one's listening to my words. When in actuality, everyone who's hearing your words are listening to them. And when we speak, it has an, a reaction by the person that is hearing them. If I speak to my husband and I've got a little bit of an edge to me and a little bit of an attitude to me, he is going to receive, oh, she's not happy with me or something's wrong with her. I am influencing the way that he thinks in that moment based on what I say. If I go up to the barista and order my drink or, you know, whatever it is that I'm getting uh, at the coffee shop and I greet that person, hey, how are you? How's it going? Are you having a good morning? Whatever. And order. I am influencing by my words that the person who is receiving my words one way or the other. And in that way, that would be a good way. The enemy wants you to think no one is listening because everybody is. You are an influencer. Whether it's four people or whether it's 40,000 people, you influence. And that influence has a good consequence or a bad consequence attached to it. We are the only species, humans, that use words. Everything communicates we are the only species that has words and we can influence someone instantly by what we say with our mouth, which is why <laughs> I started off with the verse for a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. I want us to just be aware of this. This is not just speaking. This is texting. Um, I just happen to be in 455 um, group chats because of all my kids and all the teams that they're on and stuff like that. I'm not a fan. I'm not a huge fan of group chats because my attention span will be drawn if I get like a someone that's texting us. And then all of a sudden there's 55 text messages and they're all about like what color socks my daughter's supposed to wear to whatever. You know what I'm saying? How you respond in text messages how you respond on social media, anything you create words to has massive influence. And um, your mouth and your words is one of the main ways you can fall. I want to go back to James 3 for a second, and I want to talk through this passage. We touched on it last week. I'm going to talk, talk about it a little bit more um, today. It says this, James 3, let me turn the page here. Uh, one, one through five, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such, we will incur a stricter judgment for we stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the tongue. If we put bits into horses mouths so that they obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. They are so great and are driven by strong winds and are still directed by a very small rudder. We talked through this last week, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. Also, the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it boasts great things. See how great a forest is set aflame. By a small fire. Now, I want to talk about this small fire, a flame and a fire, a flame and a fire when it comes to your words. Um, communication is one of the thing, one of one of my gifts. Okay, one of my I would say top two gifts uh, would be communication, which means I know how to use my words, which means I know I know how to put words together. Okay, I also am aware of this passage <laughs> because of what it says. There are some things I want to say that I know would be a zinger in the moment and would feel so good to say, but I also am accountable for my words as much as I possibly can be, especially knowing that I have the gift of words so that it does not create to the best of my ability, a large forest fire 
buy them, okay? Um, now, obviously, <laughs> sometimes it does. And uh, specifically when it comes to marriage, specifically when it comes to something that my husband does, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I've just got to say this because it just, it's just going to feel so good to say it. It creates a problem, um, a, a argument or whatever with me and Eddie simply because I am creating the fire with my words, okay? This is happening every day everywhere, all the time in our society today. And I want to ask you, um, before we keep moving on, what are you doing with your words? A righteous man falls seven times and rises again. But James tells us right here, watch out. Because your words can create a fire, a spark, which will create a small fire, which will create a forest fire, which will burn an entire forest to the ground and keep going until the power of it is put out. How you choose to craft your words matters. It's interesting to me when we think about our words and we put them in relation to God's words. Um, I it's amazing how many people are like, do you got a word for me? Do you have a word? I got this word spoken over me. Um, someone said this word to me or God gave me this word. The Holy Spirit is speaking this word to me. And we get so excited when we hear a word from God because we expect God to hold himself accountable for his words. So if we get a word about us, you know, being financially free from the Lord, we get excited about that word because we know and we trust that God will hold himself accountable for that word. Yet in regards to us, <laughs> we will say a word but we don't want to be held accountable for that word. We want God to be held accountable to his promises and his words for us, whatever he says to us via his spirit or his, the word of God. But we use words very loosely, very carelessly. And when we say words that are loose and that are careless and they do spark little forest fires, we don't want to be held accountable for our words. Do you see the double standard that I'm going on right here? We should be trying to attain some trust in our words where when people see us as children of God and we speak and we say something, they know that we will hold ourselves accountable to our word rather than starting a forest fire that damages a bunch of things with our words. Does that make sense to you? I think when it comes to words in our day and age, the church wants to hold God accountable to his words. Yes, blessings. Yes, um, children, um, good marriages, uh, financial freedom. God, God, I'm, I'm holding on to your word. I'm listening to what you say. I'm going to remind you of your word to me. But when it comes to us, we don't have the same, we don't have the same seriousness when we speak. We want to say things frivolously. We want to say things that we don't want to really be held accountable for. And I just want to try to open up our minds to receive the fact that if you struggle with your words, but you hold God accountable for everything that he says to you, you need to um, reform the way you speak. Because if we're saying we're a believer, and it says this right here in uh, James 3, with, with our words, with our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a mountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? No, it does not. 
Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt produce fresh water. What I'm saying here is if you use your mouth to bless God, hold God accountable, you should be holding yourself accountable as well. Because words, empty promises, has gotten our society (laughs) in our church (laughs) in the stage that it is in right now. And what we need is believers to stop the forest fire with words of life that will put it out. We need believers to hold themselves accountable to their words like we hold God accountable to his. To understand how serious what we say is. And we need to start using some self-control. And guys, I'm preaching to myself as well. I just think someone needs to say this. Someone needs to say, dude, what are you typing on social media? Someone put a comment on my, um, on my, I'll just, I'll just use my own self as an example. Someone put a comment on my, uh, one of my posts the other day and I, I left it up. You, <laughs> I left it up. But it was so frivolous in what this person said. I'm not even going to tell you what it said. The reason it bothered me is because whoever was making this comment had no idea how wrong they were. (laughs) They had no idea. They had no idea how much I study. They had no idea how much I put into the work that I do. They had no idea. They come in with criticizing words on something I've spent a week constructing and studying. And in one sentence of their words, they're putting down my entire team, my entire study session, all my time with the Lord, all the prayer that I put in what I do, all the accountability that I hold my words to. In one comment, they are telling the world how terrible of a job that our entire team is doing. And I read it and I saw it. And I thought to myself, if this person truly does love Jesus, maybe they could have pulled back a little bit of the words they constructed on something they know absolutely nothing about. That's just being real. That's just being honest. Guys, if you see yourself trolling social media people and um, saying all kinds of crazy things, maybe we should check that because we are going to be held accountable for what I say. If you text something that's, you know, a little nasty and, and text messages and feels good in the second, you know, it's a zinger to whoever is receiving it. Um, and you know, it's something that's going to start a forest fire in them of negativity and second guessing and all the things and you're doing it freely. We need to check that. We need to use a little bit of self-control. We need to hold ourselves accountable. Like we demand from God the same. We, we must start reeling in some of the freedom that we give ourselves with our words. Because James says right here in James 3, you shouldn't bless the Lord and curse men out of the same mouth. You just shouldn't do it. Now that we're all convicted, um, the, the Bible says multiple things that I think are good to remember. Proverbs eleven nine says this, with his mouth, the God less man destroys his neighbor but through knowledge the righteous has been delivered proverbs 16:24 says this pleasant words are like a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones proverbs 18:21 says this death and life which we talked a little bit about last week are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of his fruit I want to just use my children as an example as we go into this uh, next section. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it eat of its fruit. 
I, I love all four of my kids, like, you know, like crazy. Like, I, there's not even a word for how much I love them. Like, a lot. It, it, it just seems, it just seems such a small word when, when you're talking about how much I love my kids. I know all of you moms feel the same way. But when I think about my children, I think of they are like the absolute biggest blessings that I could ever have in my entire world. Of course, aside from my salvation and my husband. So what I think about my kids can't help but come out of my mouth. So when I see them every single day, multiple times a day, I am constantly thinking about my love for them. Therefore, I see them and I say, I love you. I'm constantly thinking about how handsome Jude and Moses are and how beautiful Grace and Haven are. So when I think that in my head, I say it out of my mouth. I'm constantly thinking about, wow, Jude is so good at this. Moses is so good at this. And, and uh, Grace and, and Haven have their own. So I'm thinking constantly great thoughts about them. So it immediately comes out of my mouth. There is nothing that I love to do more than speaking life over my children. And it's very organic because I'm thinking it. It's not like I have to like come up with something life-giving to speak over my kids because I'm constantly thinking, oh my gosh, my kids are geniuses. They are incredible. You know, whatever. Probably much like you think about your own children. So my children are, are a good exercise in my life for the rest of my life when it comes to words. What you think in your mind about something often comes out of your mouth. If you have your mind right, your mouth will also be right, okay? Your mind has to be right first, so then your mouth can be right. I, I don't struggle with it with my children much. Okay. I'll say something just because I'm maybe stressed at work or stressed, you know, whatever. Um, but typically in our home, we have created a culture in our home of life giving words over our children because it's easy to do because I look at them and I see all the goodness in them. Okay. My mind is right towards them. I've got nothing but love for those babies. That practice, that same type of practice, should be incorporated in every area of our life. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 8, and 9, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellent and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. If our mind is constantly thinking of honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is good, if we've tra- now, I'm not saying we do this all the time, like real life. That's why I started with a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, because it's very hard to do. But if we can get in the practice of thinking right, our minds are right. What we think about someone who posts something on social media that you don't agree with, someone that um, says something that that's a little sideways to you. If we can think honorably about that person, then what we say out of our mouths can honor God as well. If our minds are already thinking right, our mouths will be speaking right is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So those are the things that you are to think about. These things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Paul says, practice these things, practice them. And the peace of God will be with you. When we're talking about the mouth setting a flame like a forest fire, the mouth only speaks what the mind thinks first. So if something comes out of your mouth that starts a forest fire, it started in your mind first. So if you're wondering, how in the world do I control my mouth? How in the world do I stop all these fires from happening? How in the world do I put the fires out? My question to you would be, if you struggle with your mouth, do you also struggle with your mind? 
because that's the first place I would go. Thinking right requires practice, Paul says. Practice these things. It is a renewing of the mind that the Spirit of God, you have to allow him to do in you. If you have a critical mouth, you have a critical mind. If you have a negative mouth, you have a negative mind. Most of the time. (laughs) It's really hard to have a positive mind and a negative mouth. It's just really hard to do. My husband is the most positive person of all time. I wouldn't say I'm a negative person, but I am definitely not as positive as he is, okay? He can look at like, you know, 112 degree heat. He can look at, you know, I mean, something that is just everybody hates and he can find, well, at least the sun is shining. Really? Well, I'm I'm dying out here in the heat. I'm sweating my butt off over here. Why are you happy right now? <laughs> he is the most positive person. He speaks the most positive things that I've ever of any person really that I've ever met. I mean, he is just very, very positive all the time. And sometimes I'm like, don't you have anything negative to say? Which is not good, guys. Don't say that to your husband. But the reason he's so positive all the time is because his mind is positive. I can see when I start getting critical about things that I have allowed my mind to be critical. So if my mind is thinking critical, my mouth is going to be critical. It's connected. If you think right, you'll speak right. It's not necessarily your mouth that needs to be bridled alone. Your mouth and your mind both need to be controlled. And that's done easily with the power of the Spirit. Ephesians 4 says this. um, Here goes Paul again with all of his genius stuff that he said. Ephesians 4, 25 through 29 says this. Therefore, laying aside every falsehood, Speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, and do not let give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer. He Okay, I'm, I'm not going to read uh, that. Let's go down to verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment. I want to stop right here with this need of the moment, and then we'll close this out. So that it will give grace to those who hear. So we've talked through a little bit about a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, how we hold God accountable. We need to hold ourselves accountable as well. We've moved into the section of if your mind is right, your mouth would be right as well. But also, I want you to think of how incredible it is When you give a word of edification to someone who desperately needs it. I get calls every day, literally every day, you guys, sometimes multiple times a day. Sometimes I don't even work on my actual work because I'm on calls all the time talking to people about counseling people, help trying to help people, you know, through whatever it is that they're facing. I get them every day. And there was one particular uh, phone call that I received uh, very recently. I I don't ever speak first. I kind of know when they're calling me and pastors, wives or whoever are calling me and they're just like, hey, and I'm like, what's going on? That's typically what I'll say. What's going on? Just like that. I don't say one word for a while. I'll sit on the phone and I'll be silent because they don't want to hear from me in that moment. They want to outwardly process with me whatever it is that they're dealing with. I know if someone is trusting me with a private phone call about an issue that they're dealing with and they need help with, I know this verse right here, Ephesians 4.29, needs to be implemented um, by me. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment. There are times when people call me that I could um, agree and um, badmouth whoever it is that they're talking about or whoever it is that they um, need help with or whatever situation they're dealing with that has just not been dealt with well. I could easily harp on that or I could choose to edify and build life and give life for the need of that moment with that person. I want you to look at your life and who you talk to on a regular basis as a bunch of moments. 
when someone comes to you and they process something with you or when you see um, someone that is, is sharing someone with you, sharing something about their marriage, about their parenting, about their finances, about their you know addiction or, or whatever it is, rather than speaking what you feel in the moment, ask God to allow you to speak what is edifying to that person in the moment. When someone comes to you and trusts you with one of their problems, you need to be trustworthy of stewarding that problem with your mouth well. Look at your life as a season of moments. You have opportunities when people are vulnerable with you to tear them down, to shut them down, to gossip, to be negative about whoever they're talking about, to join forces with them, or you can speak life over the moment. Because life is what that moment needs. And that person needs your edification. Okay. Last thing I'll say, and then we'll be done with this. I want to ask you, looking through everything that we've talked about, I want to ask you, just very personally, how do you speak to yourself? Your words to others can be amazing, and they can bring life, and they can bring hope, and they can bring, or they can start a fire, which we've talked about in depth. But that same Those same words that you speak to others, often we will use against our own selves. I want to ask you for a second, what is the conversation that you're having with yourself about yourself in your own mind? What is the narrative that you've constructed in your mind about your potential? What's the narrative you've constructed in your mind about your uh, freedom from addiction? What's the narrative that you have constructed in your mind about parenting little children? Or teenagers, (laughs) in my case. Or adult children. We're not there yet, but some of you guys out there have adult children. What's the narrative in your mind that you've constructed about your church, your pastor, your small group leader? your boss, what do you repeatedly tell yourself every single day about yourself? Because if it's not life-giving and based on scripture, maybe we should rethink that as well. Oftentimes I'll think like this morning I was struggling with my own mind because I'm thinking, I can never do this. And the Lord just tenderly told me this morning, I don't agree with your assessment. You're wrong in a loving way. Sometimes we need to stop the words that we speak over our own self, our own situations, and ask ourselves, would God actually agree with the words I'm speaking over me? Sometimes that's all we need. But when we realize that we are literally tearing our own selves down by assumptions that we have put in place that have started a fire, a small spark, a small fire, a forest fire, and then maybe even from the own, our own words that we have told ourselves, we have burnt down an entire opportunity that God wanted to give us because we told ourselves we couldn't do it. I would say the words we even speak to ourselves may be more weighty even than the words we tell somebody else. If they wouldn't agree with God, you don't need to give them airtime in your mind. Okay, let's end with this. A righteous man (laughs) falls seven times. And rises again. 
if anything I said and what we've talked about today is like, oh my goodness, why is she saying that? Maybe you've turned it off. You're like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. I don't, I mean, I don't really blame you if you did. I mean, I get it. It's super, super, it's very convicting. But if you're still there, a righteous man falls seven times. But then he rises. This is your moment to rise, to reframe your words, to create a completely new discipline when it comes to what you tell yourself and what you tell others. And I'm telling you what, it will change your entire life. Okay. All right. I will be back after the break with a message from one of you and I will see you in just a sec. Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts. Guys, we are back, and I've got an awesome question from one of you. It says this. Uh, this question is from Kate. It's been so long since I've apologized to a person for something I said. Been so long. How do I go back and bring up something I want to say sorry for, even though it feels so awkward at this point? You know what? God bless you, Kate, for even having this question. I love that it's even on your heart. Um let me read this again. It's been so long since I've apologized to a person for something I said. How do I go back and bring up something I want to say sorry about, even though it feels so awkward at this point? Just do it. Just do it. If the Lord has laid something on your heart that you're convicted about, man, I should have done this. I shouldn't have said this. You don't know what fire you have ignited in that other person. You calling them up out of the blue after months, years, decades even, and saying, I was wrong, please forgive me for what I said, will put that fire out in them. I'm telling you what, they will be blessed by it. Let it be awkward. Let it be weird. Let it be odd. One time um, someone sent me an apology letter and it was like seven years after the fact. That this person said something to me. They sent me an apology letter. Do you know what I did when I got that apology letter? I bawled for two days because it was so special. Their words had put had created such a forest fire in me, and they, even though it was years later, took the time to type me out a letter and to send it to me to apologize. And it did such healing inside of me. Kate, make the call. Make the call. Send the letter. Whatever you need to do. Yes, we do still use snail mail, people. Uh, okay, so what is going on in your life today? This person said, I moved from Dallas on a whim because God brought me here for a job. The job fell through, but he provided another soon after. I'm praying for another opportunity can, to continue to grow financially in Dallas, but I know that God has got his hands on me. Uh, listen, I love this, this particular what God's doing in your life because it's so real. Uh, sometimes we're like, God is moving me to a different state. I know he wants me in it. And then we get here, we get a job, and then it doesn't work out. 
and we wonder what in the world did, is, did God actually move me here or what? God stepped in and provided her with a job right after she lost the other one. I really feel like if those, if there's someone out there today that is like, man, I thought this is what God wanted for my life. Be faithful, press in, because sometimes God uses opportunities only to get us to a place to provide you with a greater one. So I actually love uh, that this is happening in this person's life. Um, I love the process that they're going through in faith with the Lord. And um, I want you to know that if that is you, you're like, God, did you actually move me here? You're not alone. You're not alone. There's other people that are on this faith journey with you that are in our ministry, that are striving for righteousness, that are desperate to follow God just like you are. Okay. If you're confused, so was she and God came in and provided right after that. So that's what's happening and we're in our world. We're doing messy faith over here. Messy faith. I love it. Okay. Let me pray this out and then I will see you guys next week. Lord, we love you. I thank you, God, that your word is so reliable. I thank you that it is concrete. I thank you, Lord, that your word is, you hold yourself accountable to what you say to us. And I thank you for that, that you are constantly trustworthy, Lord. God, I pray for those that have listened uh, today and they're like, yikes, ouch, oh man, oh, this is tough to hear. God, I pray that you would remind them how much grace and mercy there is for them. And all they have to simply do if they've messed up with their words is rise again, rise again. Your grace affords us the freedom at times, I think, is what the word I'm looking for, to fall but then rise. We rise when we're focused on you. And Lord, I just, um, I thank you that the times that I have felt in my own life, spoken out of anger, spoken out of frustration, spoken out of whatever, your forgiveness has been there to welcome me back. I love you, Lord, for that. I love you that you never leave us. I love you that you're constantly pressing us toward you. And um, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I will see you next week. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available, from her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.